0: Tonight we'll be looking at Psalm 91, so if you have your scriptures, please turn to that psalm. I'll read the entire psalm, and then we'll take a look at these verses one at a time. Let's go to the Lord for a brief word of prayer and ask the Holy Spirit's assistance. Holy Father and Holy Spirit, we address you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we ask for assistance to understand your word. We ask that you would calm our hearts and remove any distractions. We pray that you give me clarity of thought and purpose, and may you alone teach us your word. May our hearts truly embrace them. So Father, please be our dwelling place. Allow us to live in your shadow. May our hearts hunger and thirst after your knowledge. And we ask for your protection. But we pray, Lord, that you would be our refuge, our dwelling place, our place of comfort, the place where we desire to be in the calm nights, but also in the nights of dread, also in the time when we need protection. But we pray, Lord, also that when we are quiet, We would want to be with you we pray these things that our hearts would please you in the name of our lord jesus christ amen Amen. (coughs) i'm going to be reading from the esv tonight and uh, if you have the king james there's many times the king james will be superior in the way the words are rendered and so sometimes i'll address the king james and sometimes i'll go to the esv and under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh to thee. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked, because thou hast made the Lord, which is thy refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. There shall be there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for He shall give His angels charge over thee, to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thy foot lest I dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. And I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him, and I honor him. With long life will I satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is a tremendous hymn of comfort to us. And in a very short phrase, I would like to define the doctrine that is, I say, um, there are many things that can be taught, but this is the greatest thing that I've been able to get out of this for myself. Draw an eye to God and he will draw an eye to you. But there's also, in in another sense, the idea of cleansing your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded, so that you can draw nigh to God, so that he might draw nigh to you. This particular psalm can be divided into five different sections. The first section will be verses 1 and 2. In these two verses, God is going to provide a promise But this particular promise that he's going to give us isn't for everyone. It's only to some believers. And you may say, well, that's an odd promise. That some will get a promise that others will not. But it's very clear that when we take a look at this, that God is saying, the man that does this shall have that. But that also means that the man that does not do this shall not have that the second section will cover verses three and eight the lord promises deliver deliverance from two different types of enemies there'll be a pestilence type of enemy and there'll be an enemy that is like a fowler or shall someone that tries to trip us up or tries to ensnare us or capped or capture us the third section will be verses nine and ten these two verses there will be reasons in these two verses why no evil plague will ever come near us. And the answer is simple. I can tell you to you what right now. If the Lord is our dwelling place, then no plague can t- attack our dwelling place. And the last, uh, well, we have another section, verses 11 through 4. This will be the fourth section. These verses will tell us that God has commissioned angels to help us. And we will be victorious over our enemies because of the help of angels. And the last section, verses 14 through 16, the Lord himself speaks. It's a little bit different if you notice when we read through here, that the psalmist is speaking these words and then suddenly in verse 14, it's the voice of God speaking. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. And so the point of view changes. No longer are we looking up to God and requesting and and making observations, but God is now talking and we are hearing. And so that is the last section. So let's take a look at the first section. A special promise made to some believers. And who are these believers? It's those who dwell in that place, in that secret place. Now in the King James, it, it reads like this. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I would like to read the the next verse too because they go together. And I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress and my God in him will I trust. Now the difference between this and the ESV, and I hope you catch the difference. Listen, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. See in the ESV it says shelter instead of the secret place. And we'll address that. But also in verse number two, it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. But in the ESV, it says, I will say to the Lord, my refuge, my fortress. And so they are slightly different. But the words can mean both when the scriptures are looked into what they mean. So let's look at one way. He that dwelleth in the secret place. And why is that different than the shelter? Well, it's because this particular shelter that is being spoken of is a place that will shelter you and keep you from harm and protect you, but it is not a place that is obvious and can be seen. It is a hidden place. It is a shelter, but it is a secret place It cannot be viewed by by onlookers. And why would that be? Because sometimes you don't want the onlookers to find out where you are. There are times in which you want to say to God, I feel as though Satan has me in his scope. That the world has me under attack. And I need to be close to you. I need to be sheltered. But I need a place where they will not go and they don't want to know and they will not see. And it's a secret place to them and it cannot be seen. But it is a shelter. It may be a place obvious to Christians, but it is not going to be obvious or it will be odious to the world or to the devil himself. So he that knows where this place is and has a need for it, they will go to that place. It is the place of the Most High. Now, in that we look for this secret place of the Most High, if we abide there under the shadow of His wing, then we will say certain things. And so sometimes we say to ourselves, well, Do we want to stay in our bomb shelter? You know, when the hurricanes come and the storms come, sometimes people board up their windows and everything. And wouldn't it be just safe if we just left the boards up? Wouldn't it be safer if we just, you know, just drank our little bottles of water and then we would sneak out the publics and replenish everything? Well, no, that's not always the case, is it? But in this time, in in this instance, we want to say to ourselves, I have a special place that I can go to and it doesn't have to be so special that I only go in times of danger. Have you ever built a place when you were younger? Well, you know, I mean, I did. A little fort, someplace, a little place that's secret. I used to go in the backyard when I was a very small boy, and I'd crawl under these great big rhubarb bushes. And, um, you know, rhubarb is one of those things that you can eat if you're a kid and you're stupid. You know, you would break them off and chew it and get all cringy and everything. But it was wonderful because no one could see you and you were there all by yourself with your best friend or buddies and like this. And, uh, you know, and when you stay in a place like that long enough, well, then you start taking things in there. Maybe a bottle of this or maybe some toys or maybe whatever it might be. But wherever you spend your time, that's where you become comfortable. That is where you want to make your place where you can say, I could stay here a while. It says that if we, make our, if we abide there, in this secret place, then we will be more comfortable. This is the place where we want to make ourselves and our hearts comfortable in the shadow of the Almighty. Now, when we think about being in the shadow of the Almighty, I've heard some people say when I was also a younger boy, if I was with my friend or something, they would say something along these lines, Oh, you're his shadow. Everywhere he goes, you follow him around like a shadow. Well... I would like to have that said about us. That we follow God around and we stick in His shadow. We just follow Him wherever He goes. And living in Florida where the sun can beat down on you, it's like, wouldn't it better just to remain in the shade? And you know what it's like when you're know, when you hot and you're outside and the sun is beating down on one side of the house or so you get on the other side where the shadow is and the cinder blocks are nice and cool and you put your back up against it. Well... Sometimes in the world when sin is going to come against us, we need to lean up against our God. We need to stay within his shadow and get within that windbreak and not let all the elements beat down on us. Sometimes we just have to say that we have a God in which we can go to and we can rest in his shadow, and he is going to be there welcoming us. And so he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High In the secret place of the Most High. Will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord. Or I will say to the Lord. I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge. My fortress. My God. In Him will I trust. Do you see those four things? He is the place where I can go and hide when I need to hide. He is the place where I can go and be protected when I need protected. He is the place where I can be with my God. And I trust him. All my trust is in him. I will say that of the Lord. But it's also correct in looking at the words that have been translated to say this to the Lord. You may lift your eyes up to God. And you can truthfully, with a heart submitted to him, say, my refuge. Look into the eyes of God and say, this, you are my hiding place. You are the place that I can be protected You're my God. My trust is in you. So this is the promise given to some. And who are the some? The ones who look to God for safety. The ones who make his his closeness. You want to be with him. You want to abide. This is where you are comfortable. This is where you automatically retreat to when you have a need, when you have a fear, when you have qualms within you when you need a friend, when sin is beating down on you, this is the place you go to. The next section, uh, this will be verses 3 to 8. This is the longest section. It speaks about deliverance from two different types of enemies. And as we go through this, I want you to notice that one of the enemies will be a fowler. Now, a fowler is someone that places a trap or a net or some type of device to catch a bird. Well, in this case, we're the birds. And of course, the fowlers are going to be uh, the devil, his demons, the world, sometimes even our own flesh. We can just kind of trip ourselves up many times. And the other enemy is going to be plagues. Plagues. Now, this is where we get into the idea of, you know, some people say you have to take the Word of God literally all the time. And I'm not going to say that God doesn't protect us from diseases. He does. We went through a world pandemic, didn't we? And some people, many people have died. Some people that we know. However, the type of plagues that can go beyond the plague, or go beyond the grave, that can leave scars forever, are sin. The type of plagues that will devastate God's church, God's people but they will wipe out the world. Those without Christ, oh my goodness, the plagues will have them, they'll be eaten up like loc- like locusts would eat crops. And so, let's read these verses. Verse number three. Surely he will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Now let me read this in the ESV, it's a little bit better. We will, de- uh, For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence pestilence. So first of all, we're looking at the idea that surely he shall do it, surely he will do it. We can have confidence that when a trap is laid, when Satan walks about seeking whom he may devour, when he puts uh, a word in the ear of God that says, I've considered your servant, this man here, this woman here, these children, they they need, they would curse you to your face if you let me at them. And many times, God allows Satan and these type of temptations to be used where God is like a man that, you know, I, I hate to say that, God is, is, is like a man that is able to take a furnace and a fire and cause metal to be refined, whereas Satan has a flamethrower hoping he's just going to burn you to pieces. He wants to consume you and burn you up and devour you. And yet God uses the very same thing to take all the evil that he would have done and blesses you with it. He turns the curse into a blessing. And so he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the noisome pestilence, the deadly pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under under his wings thou shalt trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And so we see that there is a an image here, do we not? Remember when Christ approached Jerusalem and he said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee. How often would I have gathered my, uh, my children together, even as a hen gather her chickens under her wings? But you would not. And And you may say, well, surely we can find a better example than that I mean how protective is a chicken you know but I'll tell you what have you ever been around a chicken you know have you ever been around a rooster and uh, you try to do something they uh, they are not going to be quiet about it but what is what is the, what is actually pictured here is that the the feathers and the wings of God are stronger than anything that the devil can do when he puts his shadow over you you' are in the shadow of the Almighty. And he will cover you. His truth shall cover you. Do you see the analogy now? It is the truth of God that he gives to us, that protects us from the lies, from the innuendos, from the false accusations. But most of all, it is the truth of the gospel that takes our steps and put it on the right path. And we will be protected from the false way. And it's going to be the protection that we need, the things that we can set up to protect the, on, the encroaching enemy, the things that we can use to block what the enemy is throwing at us or shooting at us. He is truly providing to us the truth that is our literal protection in this life. We cannot get anything better than the Scriptures. It is a miracle, that we have this book after all this time. It is a magnificent miracle, marvelous in our eyes, that we today are using the same truth that men thousands of years ago, ago would walk. And they would walk and be friends with God. And here we are doing the very same thing. Verse number five. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flies by day. You know, when you when you have children, you, you begin to understand how small children can be afraid of nothing. And they, they cry out in the middle of the night and say, can I have the light on I need to see? Because they're afraid of things that may be there. And you always try to tell them, there's nothing there. There's nothing in your closet. Nothing is under your bed. And yet... We have scripture that tells us that we should not be afraid of what? Of things that are not in the night? No. There are terrors in the night. What this is saying is that things that we cannot see, there are things there. There is the powers and principalities of darkness that design against God's will, and they've designed against us. Satan is real. Demons are real. They are trying to defeat god and they do that through defeating us if they're able to now these are two different type of foes are they not one is an arrow that you can see in the day now i have not tried to uh, uh, escape the flight of an arrow you know if i saw an arrow up in the sky i guess i could just watch it and try to avoid it but i'll tell you what um Ever since I heard that quote by uh, one of the Spartans that they, you know, and this is a true quote. I, uh, it's, been, it's been written down that, that the Spartans were told that the Persians, when they're attacking, there are so many, they shoot their arrows, there are so many arrows that it blots out the sun. And of course, you know how the Spartans are. They say, well, if it blots out the sun, we'll just fight in the shade. You know, that's a macho thing, I suppose. But I'll tell you what. If I could be under those things and see them coming down knowing that the enemy has my life targeted and they're all pointing at me, what can I do other than run to my safe place, run to the safety of my God, where I can be under the shadow of the Almighty and he can protect me from any dart that Satan can hurl at me. And the things that are in the night that I cannot see, I can look up into the sky and say, Look, look, they're coming. I can see them. It's on, their, it's, on its way. And, and even, even though arrows are fast, you can say, I have seconds or minutes. But in the night, when you cannot see, we don't know what lays around the corner at night. But God says, do not worry. Do not worry. He says, do not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by day. Verse number six, nor should we be afraid of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Now these are very similar. Many times Hebrew poetry has a way of saying the same thing twice. They'll say it once, one way, repeat it again in a different way. And here we have a pestilence, a type of a disease or some type of um, uh, uh, cancer that's been personified as walking about in darkness. And this means that you you cannot tell from what direction it's coming. You just have a sense that it's there. And it works like this. How many of you ever uh, heard so-and-so, they didn't even know they were sick. They were just diagnosed with cancer and two months later they're dead. And yet the disease was in their body for a long, long time. It was stalking them in the dark. We may even have churches that have been under the scope and under the design of of Satan for years. And when in the fullness of his time, then these plans are implemented. But God says, I am your fortress. I am the place where you go to. They will not hurt you. No weapon designed against you will flourish. The other type of destruction is one that wastes at noonday. Now this type of destruction can frighten us by the mere fact that it allows us to see it. You know, it used to be that people didn't know when hurricanes were coming. This one day, they'd just have a storm and they would say, well, I hope it's not a hurricane. And after four days, they'll just look at it and say, I guess it is a hurricane. But now we have the wonderful news broadcasters that like to say, oh, please don't turn your TV off. I'm gonna tell you for the next five days what's, hap- what's happening. And it's really bad. You're all going to die. But if you watch us, you'll be fine. You know, and so this is a type of wickedness that displays itself to inflict fear because you can see it coming. And that's what one thing that Satan does to us. Sometimes he comes hidden. Other times he says, here I am, look and be afraid. And that's the type of destruction that we can again turn to God for. We don't have to be afraid of that. Verse number 7, what a wonderful verse this is. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh thee. It really goes with verse 8, so I'll go with that. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Sometimes when I'm out and about and looking at things at Walmart or I don't ever go to the mall anymore but driving around you see people everywhere people are everywhere but most of these people that you see they live their lives without God they live their lives in a way that you know that every one of them will eventually come to the time when they see their own death and then they will fall under the hand of God in judgment. Many people are going to be lost. Many people will even succumb to sin. Even Christians will be tempted into sin and fall into sin, but by God's grace they'll be recovered. But God says, there is a person, there is a Christian, there is one that says, I know a place where I can go it is this man that shall walk among others that they will fall by the side they will fall by this side there will be thousands there will be tens of thousands that will fall into sin there will be tens of thousands that will not find Christ but this is a promise to the ones who say you are my refuge you are my fortress you are my safe place That person shall never be one of those. They will fall by your side, but it will not come close to thee. Only with your eyes will you behold the reward of the wicked. You will not experience it yourself. You will not experience what happens to the wicked in judgment by being thrown into the lake of fire, by being cast into hell. But you will see it But that's the only thing that will happen. You will not come close to you. It'll be there, but not here. This is a comforting thing, but it also, it's a scary thing, is it not? That the truth of wickedness is going to be dealt with so openly. It's a It's an awesome, uh, you know, when I say awesome, I mean something that's truly full of awe. There's another verse that it's going to address what I'm getting at right here. But I want you to remember and understand that God does not take delight in the wicked, the death of the wicked. However, we should be aware that there are some promises that we truly need to apprehend. The destruction of the wicked is so devastating but god wants us to feel safe he wants us to feel safe there were people fall to your right fall to your left but it will not come high nigh to us the next section verses 9 and 10 is where there are going to be no evil plague or no type of sin that destruct that you know no fowler can come to us and that that means that if we have made our dwelling place in the Lord, it cannot approach to us. So verses 9 and 10, let's read this. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh to thy dwelling. Notice how it states that. It will not come nigh to thy dwelling. We began this with some scripture that says, He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And then we read this, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. We need to make the shadow of the Lord our dwelling place, our secret place, the place that the world does not know, but it's an open secret to the Christian. It is the place that is a shelter, that's out of sight of the world, that cannot be found by the world, that cannot be penetrated by the devil, or by the pestilence and by the plagues. The plagues that we're going to be learning about in the book of the Revelation of Jesus Christ, they will reveal how sin can devastate a population, how people can become uh, spiritually addicted to the type of sins that devastate the heart and soul, the community, the family. Everything around us, uh, uh, sin can just corrupt it to, 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 you know, to devastating effects, like plagues. Just like locusts can come through and eat everything off, of, off, off the plants. I can remember when I was a small boy, there was these cicadas. They were really loud. And they came in a swarm you know, in, the, in, in the backyard of our house in, in Ohio. And it was a huge tree. Those things just grabbed on that one tree. That was it. No no other tree around. That one tree. And that tree was as naked as a stick when they were done. It was just devastated. Plagues of sin can come into the life of a Christian and just strip them if they don't have a secret place to run to. But God is faithful. God is faithful. These things cannot come close to the dwelling place where God is. You have to find that place. You have to know that it is there. We have a secret place in God. It is our retreat. No evil shall befall thee there, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now the last verses here, well, next to the last verses, it says that we shall be victorious over our adversary with the help of angels. Now, You know that I have not preached very many times about angels. We know that they are real. We know that they are uh, creatures great in power. God created them. Uh, Many of them have special duties. Uh, They have emblems of seraphims over the mercy seat of the Ark in the Holy, Holy of Holies. And these angels or seraphims or these creatures, they are commissioned by God to watch and to keep And to be servants to those who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. They are four ministers to us. How they are greater in power and how they are greater in strength and knowledge. And yet, God has sent them to serve us is an amazing thing. It says in verse number 11, He shall give his angels charge over thee. Now it doesn't mean that he's going to send his angels to be our bosses. But he says, I charge you. To protect them. I charge you to go and help and to protect and to keep thee in all thy ways." We have angels sent by our God to protect us. They are all around us. They are powerful. We can depend upon God's commissioning these these, uh, wonderful creatures, these wonderful beings. But it says here, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest, by, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Isn't that familiar scripture? Remember how when the Lord was tempted in the wilderness, and Satan took him and, and quoted scriptures to him, and said, Will you make these stones into bread? Or can I cast you down? It says in the scriptures that, he, that the angels will bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Tempting Christ to, to, uh, to do things differently than the way God wants it done. He wants us to live by faith, not to uh, tempt God into this. But we can see here, if through all no negligence, no, I'm not saying negligence, through our own willful, willful desire to sin against God, if we live according to God's word, those angels will protect us. Now, it's interesting that some of these words are not exactly what I an- anticipated them to mean. They're going to bear us up. They're going to keep us from injuring ourselves against our foot striking a stone. And this particular stone is not just a rock that you find on the ground. This particular stone is a builder's stone. It is something that has been plumbed and placed in a particular place. And yet we are in other words sometimes we we dash our foot against something that we know it should be there but the angels will protect us from doing that perhaps we shouldn't have you know dashed our foot against it but when we look at the word of god and we consider what we should do the angels are there to assist us in our obedience to god and sometimes he can prevent us from doing things that harm ourselves so, verse number 13. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. This is an interesting uh, passage of Scripture, especially when we look at the uh, Garden of Eden, where, uh, where God tells Eve, you know, look what you have done. Well, this is the sin that's going to happen. This snake... He's going to be cursed. He's going to eat the dust. But there's going to be coming a seed and he shall crush the head of the serpent even though the serpent shall bite the heel of him. But we shall tread down the adder, tread down the lion, the young lions. They're going to be trampled under our feet. I can only say this. We cannot do this without abiding in the shadow of the Almighty. And when we trample or tread down the adder, the lion, that's going to walk about seeking whom he may devour. Or the young lion. The young lion is like a lion that just grew its mane. Really strong and powerful. And the serpent, the dragon, these are like that poetic uh, Hebrew form where we say the lion and the adder. or. The, the young lion and the dragon. Almost the same thing. But it's like saying the same thing except kind of bringing out more meaning to it. The young lion and the lion. The old lion, the young lion. The one that's experienced, the one that's strong. We have the dragon or the serpent. The serpent that is, de- that is deceptive and yet the dragon, the one that is strong and overpowering. Both of these images depicting our enemy, the devil, the devil comes against us. And yet in the power of truth, the power of the gospel, all we have to do is every man shall live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God and lies and the devils, and all the things he does against us will be under our feet. We must just believe God in his word. Live the truth. Honor the truth. Embrace the truth. Honor the Lord. Own his name. So the last Section the Lord himself is going to be speaking to us Now you have to put yourself the point of view from the Lord's point of view Because he has set his love upon me. God is saying because this man has chosen me as his dwelling place Therefore I will deliver him Now do not think in your heart and mind that we can find a place where we can hide And it's all because we are the ones that did the running and hiding Oh, I'm such a good runner. Oh, I'm such a good hider. No, 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 no. It's the dwelling place. It is that place. Because he has set his love upon me, I will deliver him. Do you see why? Because he has set his love upon me. Therefore, the completed works is works that come from a heart that loves God with all its strength. The neighbor as himself. I will set him up on high because he has known my name. You know, when it comes to names, this morning we we talked about how the people in Philadelphia were given the name will be put upon them, the name of the Father, the name of God, the name of the New Jerusalem, and the Lord's new name. Sometimes the truth is so obvious it's, it's easy to miss. But I can walk into a room where there's all kinds of people there. And all I have to do is shout out one of my son's name or my daughter's name. And then nobody listens except somebody goes, I heard my dad and I heard my name. You know, and we must, we must understand that the name is important. You see, those in the book, of the book of Revelation, they're going to have the mark of the beast upon all those people that does not have the mark of God's name upon them. You see, if, if people are always wondering what is the mark of the beast, what is the mark of the beast, I'm telling you, don't you don't have to know that. What you have to know is what name has God put upon you. And there will be a new name that Christ puts upon us. And you know who changes their name? The one who marries a, a husband. The bride who marries the husband. And... This is, it says, I will set him on high because he hath known my name. He calls upon me. Let's go to the next verse. Because he holds fast to me in love. Where do we go when we are in trouble? Where do we go when we are afraid of the devil? When we're afraid of what? Of sinning. When we're afraid not just for our physical, not just losing our money, oh, not just because of some... The same things that the uh, the world is afraid of. But what blesses my heart the most is when someone is truly afraid of sin. When someone is truly afraid of, did I offend God? Did I offend God? Blesses my heart when I see someone that does that. Because he says, they hold fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. There is a, the idea of honor and authority here. The name. Let's go to the next verse. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. How many times have I heard people say, I have been praying and praying and praying and the Lord has not answered me. And yet I have it right here that the one who loves God, they will call to him and God will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. We have to understand this. To have the hiding place of a loving, holy God, and when you love the holy God, you will have everything you want, if you want God. You go to him, you will have him. You will seek him, you will find him. I will deliver him, and it says, and honor him. Now, this has to do with that phrase that I said a while back, where it is, it is like, it's weighty. It's um, like the word uh, glory has to do with the weight of the beauty of God's holiness. It's, um, people have used the phrase, oh, it's so thick, the tension is so thick, you can cut it like, a, you know, like with a knife. Well, the weight and holiness of God is that way, but also this word has a similar feel to it where there is an honor that God wants to put upon us that it is not that we should be honored, but it's more like I will honor him by me being with him. And that type of importance is like, oh, the Lord has elevated me to be with him because he loves me. And this is what he is saying to us. I honor you. Here I am. Come to me. He calls to me. This is what he says in verse 15. He calls to me and I will answer and I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. So with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Now, sometimes this has to Um, I don't know the it appeals to some people to say well I want to live a long time so let me do this because I want to live a long time well let let me tell you what a long time is forever that's a long time forever and ever is a long time and when God says to us with long life will I satisfy him you know what that tells me We will be in the presence of God forever. And God says, "Um, if that's what you want, here I am. I am going to satisfy you. There's nothing better than that. I will show him my salvation. He will open the door. Christ will open the door. Usher us in to the presence of the King. He will be the advocate, the mediator. God will be our God. Christ will be our Savior. Christ, God incarnate, will satisfy us. We will drop this flesh. We will live in his presence forever. And with long life, I will satisfy him. If we draw nigh to God, I'm telling you, he will draw nigh to us. So, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. And draw nigh to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Holy Father, we ask that you will be our hiding place because we know that you love us. We want to be in the shadow of your wing. We want to make your person our dwelling place. We know, Lord, that you will protect us from the things that we cannot see, and you will also protect us from the things that we can see. May we have faith to be calm in your presence. May we always find that secret shelter under your wing, in your place, in your dwelling place. May we approach close to you. The only reason we even dare to approach is because we have the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we thank you for dying for our sins. We thank you. We thank you that you have taken our sins upon yourself and we are loving to you. You are our brother and yet you are our God. You have brought us and we are in you and since we are in you, we are in the presence of God. So thank you. Thank you for allowing us to have long life and to be satisfied with you forever. We pray this in our Lord's name. Amen.